Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Now I'm in Matthew chapter 1 verse number 18. My reading's a little lengthy. You bear with me. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. This is how it happened. When as his mother, that being Jesus, was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, that being Joseph and Mary, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. In other words, man's hand never touched Mary and she became with child. Say, well, that's impossible. The things that that are impossible with man are possible with God. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, though he had the right to do it, by the Mosaic law, he could have had her killed. was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary unto thee, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He didn't know what the Holy Ghost was or who he was. No idea. This is a brand new revelation. Just like this word might be to somebody here this morning. This is brand new stuff. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, this being Isaiah, 700 years before it happened, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. And knew her not. He had no relation with her. Till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Father I love you. And I thank you for letting me be here today Lord. You you didn't have to but you did. God you brought people today. That's why you gave me this message. Because you was going to bring people today. Some might not even know why they're here. Someone begged them into coming. For some reason, they said yes this morning. Something, God spoke to their spirit and said go. And we know him as the Holy Ghost. And I pray, Father, that you would use this unworthy man this morning and fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach me to the glory of the King. Help me be accurate in the Scripture. Save some lost soul here today. We need to see six people saved today, God. You can do it. Oh, God. 
have your way in this place. I, I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost in, in here, Lord. He, he would move amongst us, God, breast to breast. Give ears to hear this word. Give me unction and spirit to share it. In the King's name, I pray Jesus this morning. Amen and amen. Now, Luke says it like this. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in the manger. So there's no room in the end. So we know we've had the birth of Jesus. It was, a, it was an unusual time in the history of the world. I want to preach this morning for a little while on this thought, chaos of the first Christmas. Chaos is this. It's disorder and confusion. I want to preach chaos of the first Christmas. Disorder and confusion. That's what you would... We read this and maybe we don't understand. We, we think everything's just rolling along. I'm going to tell you, friend, at the birth of Christ, it was utter chaos going on in the world. Let's, let's just review a few of the things that was happening at that time. Taxes were extremely high. People couldn't hardly pay the tax. That's why they hated the publicans. Because the publicans were tax collectors. They were the, they were the yesteryear IRS. They'd come and take your stuff. You didn't pay. You had to pay with what you had. Taxes were above paying. They'll keep rising in America. You ever seen them have a tax decrease and cut yours about 50%? I've been around 61 years. I've never seen it. They just voted a $1.7 trillion budget to keep this thing going. Nobody asked me about that. Taxes were high. Unemployment was high. People were without jobs out there. Rummaging, pilferaging, stealing, taking what they could. It was a bad time. It was rough. You better have a spear or sword. That's why Jesus said, hey, he told him, he said, sell your coat and buy your sword. They said, we got two swords. He said, that's enough. What is that? That's personal protection. That's why I say you ought to have carry a handgun. I, I just lost somebody right there. Jesus said a sword. I don't have a sword. I got a Smith and Wesson. Here's the, here's the kicker, Kevin. Morals were at the bottom. The morals of the people were in the gutter. The very ones that were supposed to be the example to the public, the people that claimed the name of God, you know what they're doing? They're taking everything that was wrong and naming it in the name of God. They're bringing broken sacrifices. They're stealing the people's money. They're saying, hey, we're doing it in the name of God. And does this sound like us today? But here's what, here's another thing I think that's very common. We can compare it to today's society. It was a military state. In other words, the government was in control. You say, we're free in America. You've lost your mind. Now, I think we got the best system going. I'm a capitalist. But if people can get something for nothing, they won't do anything. 
And the government, the government here, the government, the Romans were telling them every single thing they could do. They limited the Jews and what they could do. They had their hand on them and everything they'd done. I'm trying to convince you this morning that when Jesus was born, it was much like it is today. It was utter chaos, disorder, and confusion. People didn't know what was going on. There was a former FBI man that used to come to our church. And he told me one time, he said, Mike, if the people in Tennessee were aware of the things that's going on around us in a hundred mile radius, they wouldn't get out of their house on Monday morning. We're just oblivious to it. We're just doing our thing. We're upset if the internet goes off. Are we seeing the similarities here? Have I got anybody's attention this morning? That in the time of Christ, at Christmas, it was utter chaos at the season of his birth. Let's look at three little places in the scripture real quick. And see where the chaos ensued. Number one, and we sing about it this morning. I'm glad we sing that song. There was chaos in the cosmos. I mean, the, th- the stars was doing something they ain't never done before. The men said, the, the wise men said in Matthew 2 and 2, they said, we have, the wise men said, we have seen his star and we've come to worship him. We've seen him star. Why would they be looking for a star? They're looking for something that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. They had heard a story. They had heard a story that was nearly 1,500 years old. Well, glory. And that story said, he said, there's going to be a star born out of Jacob. And though, the, though Balaam was a heathen that prophesied it, somebody believed it. And from that time, Kevin, they've been looking toward the sky. They're looking in the right direction. If you're here today and you're a Christian and you're looking toward the sky, you're looking in the right direction. The world's not looking up. They're looking around or they're looking back or they're looking ahead. But if you're looking up today, you're looking in the right direction. Devils tell you this is all, this is hyperbole and craziness is what the devil will say. This makes no sense and there's nothing about it true. But I'm going to tell you, friend, it's real. That book's true. Let every man, let God be true and every man a liar. That book's true. It's proved itself. 700 years before the baby came, the old prophet said he's a coming. Hey, 15, nearly 1,500 years before the birth of Christ, the old prophet had said there's going to be a star out of Jacob and somebody believed it. And from that time, somebody told somebody else and somebody... Well, glory. And somebody told somebody else. And somebody told somebody else till it got down to the ones who was going to see his birth. I'm glad, praise God, that somebody told me. Aren't you glad somebody told you? 
And aren't you glad they told it with enough fire and fervency that you believed it? What if it had just said, he's coming, he's coming, I promise he's coming. You'd have said they don't believe it. But somebody told you because somebody had told them and somebody told you and somebody told me and who told us all the word of God thus saith the Lord. You know what we have? It may have been chaos to the world when the stars begin to move. But to the wise men, it's exactly what they're looking for. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> chaos on the first Christmas. The stars are moving. One star in particular. Number two, it was not only chaos. It was not only chaos in the cosmos. I'm going, re- I'm going to read this to you just so I won't leave a word out because every word's important. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. Where were they at? In the same country. Yeah. Abiding in the field, keeping watch over the sh- flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round upon them, and they were sore afraid. There's not only chaos going on up there in the cosmos, but there's chaos going on out on the countryside. There's some guys sitting out there that night and they're not even anticipating what's about to happen. They're talking about their blue ribbon sheep. That's what they done in those days. They didn't talk about football like they do nowadays, you know. And then it's, they got football, basketball, soccer. They cram, they cram all the other sports in there. And they cram soccer in there. And they've got soccer crazy in America. So I'm just going to tell you. They need to pick that thing up and run with it, do something. For two hours, I can't sit and watch them run back and forth. And then at the end of the game, try to kick one in the net. I can't, I'm not done. You, I'll tell you, just soon somebody beat me with a stick. If my grandson plays soccer, I'm going to try my best to talk him out of it. Play anything but that, son. Say, they're in good shape, man. There's a lot to it, and it's hard to do. Amen, amen, amen. Boring. They're talking about sheep. What have you got? Hey, look there. Blue ribbon right there. What about that ram over there? Look at that. Oh, yeah, he's a good one. All of a sudden, whoop. The Bible said, well, I'm running this word down. You know what this says, Jason? I'm running this thing down. It said, this is the same kind of glory that shined on Paul on the road to Damascus. So it's brighter than the brightness of the sun. When God's glory shows up, man pale in comparison. Nothing you ever done when the glory of God shows up is going to shine. Friend, he's going to put you on your face. And God's glory showed up. And what did they do? Now, you know what they done? I know what people say. Oh, when I see the Lord. No, when you will see the Lord. I'm telling you, when you see God, you'll fall on your face and beg for mercy. So I don't believe that. I'm a child of the king. John laid on his breast. You ever lay on his breast? No. John put his head on the breast of Christ. He was close. He puts his head on the breast of Christ, and here's what he does. Here's what he does. When he sees him on the Isle of Patmos, and he sees him in his full glory, 
And his eyes is like fire and his feet is like brass and he's got that golden girdle around his chest. When he sees him like that, John falls down like a dead man. That's him in his full glory. And this glory shines up on you and you know what they are? They're scared to death. If you'll ever really get to fear the Lord, it's an easy thing to be saved. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you'll ever really get the fear of the Lord, let me, let me simplify. In Him, you don't know this if you're here and unsaved, but in Him, you live, move, and have your being. The Bible said all souls are mine. It all belongs to Him. He's got, he gave you your first breath. He's got the right to take it anytime He wants to. If you build something, is it not yours to do with whatever you will? If you build a chair and you don't like it, crack it up, build you another chair. Why? Because you're the creator. That just makes it that much more marvelous. The creator became the creature. And there they are, and they're scared. Remind me, Lord. You remind me. You remind me what I am and who you are. You remind me how small I am. You remind me that I got up this morning, put my foot on the floor, because you gave me strength to do it. You remind me I sat there and I had that breakfast on that table. I didn't kill a hog. I didn't go get eggs out of the coop. I didn't go squeeze juice out of a tree. I just poured it all out of the fridge and there it was. Praise God. You remind me every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If you ever get to thinking that, you're headed down the right road and God's ready to do a work in you. There's chaos out there on the countryside. Them boys don't know what's going on. They've never seen this before. That might be you this morning. I've never seen this kind of prayer. While you're preaching, you're carrying on. You, this is crazy. People crying and shouting. Kevin's standing up and waving his arms this morning. Go to a stupid ball game and watch how they respond. I'm not talking about a ball game where somebody's going to lose for sure. I'm talking about eternal life, that we are winners indeed. We got something to shout about. Next week about this time, well, it, it, would, be, it would be midnight of yesterday. There's going to be people, people gather out in the freezing cold, rain, whatever. They're going to gather from here to yon and all in between. They've took it, mocked it. Now they're in Knoxville, Gatlinburg, all over the place and they're going to stand out there and they're going to drop a ball or light a fire or shoot a firework and the people's going to go crazy, Roland. And they say we're nuts because we're never going to die and we shout about it. It's chaos in the countryside. Them boys don't know what's going on. They've never seen this before. They've never seen it, but they believe it. Gary done an excellent job Wednesday night. I just, I rejoiced as much as I could laying there covered up, shaking like a leaf and drinking liquids and and, uh, 
But when, that, when old Braxton got up, I said, he's been hanging by a thread. And I seen him come to the altar. And my soul rejoiced. I said, God, I may have got sick just so Gary could have preached that message. Hallelujah! chaos in the country but here's lastly lastly there's chaos in the city now I'm going to go back somewhere I, I, I read that and I'll, I'll come back to Luke I know I'm going back and forth but see what we don't understand sometimes we read the account of Matthew and then we follow up and we read the others and we think that well that's chronologically in order well no it's not you have to rightly divide the word of truth you have to see when this took place. Well, we know, we know by the scripture. I'm about to read you something. We, we know by the scripture here. Listen, listen closely to me. In Matthew 2, the wise men came from the east of Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. Listen, they were in the east looking at the star, which would have been west. Had they been looking toward the east, they'd have been out in the Mediterranean Sea somewhere and they'd have showed up on a ship instead of a camel. So they're, they're, in the, they're in the east and they're looking west. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So we just don't have chaos going on. Now, this is after the appearing of the angels to the shepherds in the field, this is after that. It's still the season of Christmas. It's still celebrating birth time of Jesus. But it's his post that they come and they showed up. They've come to Jerusalem. How did they get there? The star. How did they get there? That chaos that's taken place in the cosmos has led them. They've seen it. They've been looking for it. And because they were looking, they saw it. To them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And they're all tore up. All, all of Jerusalem is torn up. They're confused. It's chaotic. Watch this. 8 through 12 says, And Herod... He sends them. They come to the religious rulers of the day. You know who sent them there? God. Why didn't they why did they not follow the star straight to Bethlehem? They were on their way. They got to Jerusalem. They lose sight of the star. I'll prove it in Scripture. They lose sight of it. So where would you go if you was looking for the king of the Jews? You'd go to the Jew, Jewish leadership. Who is that? That's the priest. They go to the priest. What does the priest say? We ain't heard nothing about it. Yeah, but Herod says, well, where is he going to be born? Well, the prophet said, in Micah, they're going to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's what they say. So, Herod, Herod tells them, go to Bethlehem. Verse 8, go 
had searched diligently for the young child. That means an infant, if you run that down. I can't pronounce it in the the Greek, but that means an infant. There's three meanings to that word young child. So don't let that, it means means a a half-grown child. Well, we know that's not him because he's a baby. Or it means an immature Christian. It can mean an immature Christian. We know that wasn't him. He's the Christ. The, the original in that is infant. That's what this word means here. Uh, for the young child, and when you have found him. So what does it sound like there? Herod believes he's here. Bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Oh no, that's not what he wants to do. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And now lo, the star. Chaos again. Star shows back up. Why? Because they don't know where they're going. They need something to show them the way. And the star shows up again. Now the star's going to take them where they need to go. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. Now they just got about a seven mile journey here. I think that's about seven miles, Brother Grover. Is that what it was from Bethlehem? We went to Jerusalem. About seven miles, somewhere in there. Till it came and it stood over where the young child was. Now I don't know about you. But if I believe this happened, I got to believe that's some kind of God. I got to believe that's some kind of God that makes a star disappear. I ain't seen nobody else put a star out. It's some kind of God make a star disappear and then all of a sudden when they need to know where to go, that star reappears and it, who does it reappear to? The very guys that's looking for it and that star shows them where they need to go and when they get there, that star don't just stop this way or that way a hundred miles out or five miles out. It stops dead over where that baby's laying. That's some kind of God. That's a what? You get an idea now. <laughs> if you're saying that's some kind of God, you're getting the right idea. Now watch this. It stood where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, he's not in the stable anymore. Now this is a house. It means a dwelling, a structure. You can run that word down. It means a house. And they saw the young child with Mary and his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. That means to prostrate yourself on the floor. We think this is worship. That's praise. That's praise. Here's what worship meant in the Bible. That's worship in the Bible. Flat out, on your face, as low as you can go. I heard this 30 years ago, nearly. It's been a long time. At the old First Baptist Church, at the living Christmas tree, and the woman gave the testimony. And she said she had lost a husband. Pat, am I right? It was the husband had died, and now the son had been taken in an accident or was sick. For some reason, he was about to die as well. 
She's at the old Cumberland Medical Center. When you used to go into that thing, you remember the, where the bathrooms was. And everybody in the community used them things. And they weren't very clean because they could get in and get out and not be seen or chased away. And that's how it was in the old days. And they, she had, she had, the doctor told her it wasn't looking good. And they didn't, she didn't know if that boy was going to be there in the morning. And she went into that restroom and she said, the Holy Ghost. She said, I got down on my knees to pray. And she said, I began to pray in that dirty bathroom and said, the Spirit of God whispered to me and said, you're not low enough. She said, I found myself laying straight out in the floor in that nasty bathroom begging God. And she said, if I ever heard the Holy Ghost of heaven, he come by and said, that's as low as you can get. And what you want's been taken care of. And she went back out and seen the doctor. And the doctor said, there's been a miraculous recovery that we can't explain. I don't know what happened. She said, I know what happened. I got down and got a hold of God. That's how it happens. Your pomp and pride... You won't be broken before people. He'll break you later on. Can I tell you that it's utter chaos at this time because there's a star hanging over a little house. Now, I'm going back to Luke chapter 2 and I'm going to read you something. Verse number 21, the Bible said, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So eight days has been accomplished. They're no longer in the stable. There's a circumcision going to take place. Why would they, why would they have been in a stable and then there's room in the house? I guess they got hooked up with an Airbnb and everybody had moved out from tax day and they found one at a discounted rate. So why would they have to have a discounted rate? Because they only had turtle doves to offer for the offer and they didn't have no money. So they'd found them a dwelling place. If he come to pay the taxes, there's no doubt, there's no doubt, and to be counted, there's no doubt that he had some money. He had enough for a he was going to buy a room. Remember, he's going to get a room. There's no room in the end, so he had to settle for a stable. So when something become available, there's no doubt that he had a little bit of pocket change to get a room. I'd recommend our young people learn to carry a little cash. How many people in here, to be honest, say I'm a card carrier only? You better wake up and smell the roses. Don't ever leave the house without a little bit of cash. That's the old days, preacher. That's exactly right. That's wisdom speaking right there. They had the room. They bought the room. They got the room. Now they are dwelling. But here's been the, the question of the year. Where are they at? Where that? They're in a house. He's been circumcised. Who could do that? His daddy could have done it. Another priest could have done it. Even someone, a relative, they used relatives at that time according to my customs book. They could call an elder relative or get this man. Sometimes they would use the father-in-law 
of the man. And that was a common practice. So, irrelevant of who done it, the fact that it was done is this. He fulfills the law completely, not one jot or tittle left undone. So it's eight days. Say, where have they gone? Are they in Jerusalem? No. Are they back in Nazareth? No. How do you know that? I can prove it by Scripture. Where are they at? They're still in Bethlehem. Let's read the rest of the text. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem. Where did they bring him? Jerusalem. To do what? To present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. They had to offer. They offered the doves because they couldn't afford a lamb. They didn't need a lamb. They had the lamb. Doves were all they needed to satisfy the law because the Lamb of God was the very one that they were given the sacrifice for. Now, how do you know that they're still in Bethlehem? You know what the law required? Forty days. When a male child opened the womb and was birthed into this world, the mother was unclean for seven days to the purification plus 30 and three days. 40 days. 40 days. She's unclean. 40 days. She's got to be kept up. Now, what was that for? I read a wise old man and he said, people have often scoffed and said, that's see how hard God is for 40 days. He's making them do that. No, for 40 days he's keeping her. For 40 days, all she's got to do is eat and breastfeed that baby. For 40 days before she ever has to go to the priest, before she has to ever offer, it was for her protection. It wasn't to be a hard-nosed, hard-driven God. Let me tell you, friend, everything God does is for your benefit and for His glory. You better know it was for her benefit. you got to be up 40 days. She couldn't have went to Nazareth. She couldn't go to Jerusalem until the purification process had taken place and she was ready to make an offering. And you know what? Then the chaos is over. Not. Not really. Why do you say that, preacher? Because they no sooner make it than they find out the king's going to kill you. Get a hold of this. We don't know. Some speculate the child's two years old. I disagree with that. And after a little study, I believe he's still an infant according to the scripture. If I believe the Greek word means infant, I believe he's still an infant. Small, not a toddler, an infant. Big difference. We've watched Colin grow from, from baby to toddler to little boy. 
There he is. You know what that means? That means they were right there under their nose the whole time. These men came from the east. How far east? We don't know how far. Do you think it's long? I think it was this. I think it was within 40 days. If it hadn't been within a 40-day period, they wouldn't still be in Bethlehem. Some say six months. Some people read years. I've read, studied this for years. So had, people had me convinced it's a year and a half, maybe two years later. I, no, they're all wrong. According to the scripture, that's wrong. Forty days. And she's going to take that baby to Jerusalem and the angel's going to tell Joseph, get out of town, the king's going to kill him. So the chaos never ended. It never ended. It was chaos at his birth. When he's walking around this world on the face of this earth, and we stick your hand out, Matthew. When he's when he's reaching and getting a, a, a man with a withered hand, and he's and that man sticks out, or that leprous man sticks out hand, and he touched him. He wasn't the priest wasn't supposed to touch a leper. He's unclean, but oh, this priest is different. Yeah. It was chaos and he's healing them. Listen, it is chaos when he's, when he's going to Calvary and they're beating the stuffings out of him. It's chaos when he's hanging on the cross and they're mocking him and making fun of him. It's chaos when they put him in the tomb. Hey, they don't know what's happening. They're out. Of, it's disorder and confusion. They're in the upper room. Hey, what in the world happening? We don't know what's going on. It's chaos until then. But on that third and glorious morning, praise God, the chaos is because a king steps out and he said this look here the Bible said peace on earth not peace of earth not peace in the earth the peace was on earth who is that Paul told us in Ephesians he is Ephesians 2.14 he is our peace there's no peace in this world you young people, you may think you've got the cat by the tail and the bull by the horn. You're rolling along, things going your way. It'll be chaos one day. You'll run into it. Something nearest and dearest to you is going to die. Maybe you're, nobody's near or dear to you and you're the only near and dear thing that you have is yourself. You'll die too one day. Chaos will show up. You're going to wonder, what in the world am I going to do? You're going to get sick. Kids in school are going to mock and make fun of you. Your world's going to be topsy-turvy. Suicide rate among teenagers is the highest it's ever been in the history of the United States. Why? Because they, they believe something on TikTok and not the Word of God. They've told them you got to look this way or you're not acceptable. Hey, listen, you're acceptable just like you are in the eyes of God. He made you just like you are. Say, well, I'm imperfect. I'm a problem. We're all imperfect. We all got problems. It's chaos in this world, but he's the peace. My peace isn't in my job. My peace isn't in my preaching. My peace isn't in my family, and I love my family. 
My peace isn't in our government because our government's a bunch of nut jobs going back from 40 years ago. Hey, listen, my peace is not in my in this county, in this state. I'm a Tennessee boy. I love Tennessee, but my peace isn't here. My peace is in the Prince of Peace. My peace is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my peace. Hallelujah to the Lamb. <laughs> hey, I don't have any peace apart from Him. And if you don't have peace this morning, that's who you need. I'll ask you one question. It's what you got good enough to die with. It's what you got good enough to die with. If it's not, you need the peace that passeth understanding. I've watched a lot of them die, Brother Kevin, just like you have. I mean, I've watched a lot of people die. I never dreamed I'd do this. I've held her hands, prayed with them, watched them take her last breath. Hardest question I ever answered was a 38-year-old man, Teresa Adkins' son, Jerry Bubb. Jerry, I went to his house that morning. Cancer had done all it could do, and Jerry looked at me. He said, I'm dying, Mike. Now what? What I do, Mike? What I do? I said, this is what you do. You close your eyes, and you fly away home. And you keep looking behind you because I'm not too far behind. He closed his eyes, and I'm telling you, he started shouting, I see blue, I see blue, and it was snowing like crazy outside. There wasn't nothing blue to be seen, and he loves snow. He's yelling, I see blue, I see blue, and he drew his last breath and crumpled over in his wife's arms. I watched my granny die. My granny led better. I watched her die. I loved her as much as my mama, and that's hard to believe, but it's a God's truth. I watched that machine in that hospital room. Greg Hoover, my cousin, and I standing there and, and his wife, Jill. We were watching that beeper and that beeper's getting them spaces are getting farther and farther apart and all of a sudden they just a straight line and a continual beep. Nurse come in and said she's gone. I was afraid to move because I thought I might touch something holy in that room. I got there right after my mama died. Roseanne was there with mom, and, and I didn't get there in time. Mama just died, and I walked in the room. She was gone. I was standing in the room with dad, and he died. My daddy's there, and all those kids around the bed singing, nearing the shore. I watched daddy take his last breath. He left. I've been in the room with others. I'm not going to go into all of them. But I said all that to say this. You know what all them died with? Peace. Mama wasn't screaming. She'd hold her head and moan from the pain. They couldn't give her any more morphine. That's all they could give her to keep it. kill her if they give her any more. And she couldn't take it. The cancer was, I hate cancer. And it done to bed to eat her up. Daddy couldn't breathe anymore. He said, son, if I could just get one big deep breath. If you're a smoker, I'd suggest you quit. I'm going to tell you, you need to go see about three or four people die with, with uh, advanced, advanced COPD, and you'd never buy another pack of cigarettes. But I seen him die, and I seen him take that last breath, Randy. Daddy just kind of grinned and laid off. I thought, glory to God, he's where I want to be. 
He's seeing the one I'm going to see one day. I watch him die in peace with peace. Why is that? It wasn't the chaos of this world. This world's full of chaos. It was chaotic at the first Christmas. And friend, I don't know if you've been to town lately in the last three days. It's still chaos. But I tell you, you can have peace amongst the chaos if you'll take Christ today. Pick something, CS, whatever you play. I'm going I'm to ask you this morning if you would stand and just bow your heads all over the building. Just, just bear with me if you would, please. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.